This is Lisa from Washington State. I never listen to I Doubt It because it's so boring. Boom. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to episode 282 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, a little early, a little early in the morning for her, my lovely and tired co-host, Brittany Page. Well, it's early in the morning because I was up late, so... You, you had a, a full Sunday of statistical analysis. Yeah, I was probably on my computer for over 10 hours. It doing, was unbelievable. Yeah, doing work on my thesis data and for a multivariate statistics assignment. Also, mm-hmm. a little project that will remain untalked about yes. until it comes to fruition, but it could be a big deal for you. Yeah, yeah. very exciting great. thing. Might have news in the next couple of days. And we will keep you guys apprised. Yes. Speaking of prizes... <laughs> That worked out really well. <laughs> it did. Uh, we we got a little a little gift basket, a little care package. Yes. From the Netherlands the yes, other day. Yes, Nikki. From, from longtime listener, an early adopter of yes. the program, mm-hmm. if you will, Nikki from the Netherlands, and she's a supporter of the show on Patreon, mm-hmm. and she was on the Patreon call, the Google Hangout last time, mm-hmm. and we were talking about, because Brittany and I usually have a drink when we do those calls, Yeah, and I was drinking whatever I was drinking, whiskey or whatever, and she was like, oh, have you ever have you ever heard of, the conversation shifted to what people are drinking, because someone else on the call, I don't want to call them out on it, but they were drinking tequila, and you uh-huh. know, it's just—it's apparently just a bunch of drunks get together and talk <laughs> on the on the on the computer. So she brought up Nikki brought up Schobelaber, <laughs> Schrobeller. This is just not how it is said. S C H R O B B E L E R. Yes, an alcoholic beverage that is very popular. In the Netherlands, apparently. Since 1973, this particular company. Yeah, it looks like um, the bottle looks like something you would take out of the cabinet to treat a wound that you have. So very medicinal. It, yeah, it looks like hydrogen like peroxide. Yeah, like iodine. I, I don't bottle. know. It's it, medical. It's, it's not a typical like clear glass bourbon bottle. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so anyway, she sent us some awesome snacks that were... I was lamenting because I, the one bag of like the onion garlic puffs or whatever, those fuckers are gone. <laughs> those were inhaled yeah, by they, Jesse. Those are gone. I could barely get it from him to even try them. And then Stroop waffles, which you've heard of before. I, I, I'm just not a sweet guy. And then also like a black licorice thing, which yes. Brittany wasn't a fan of. Yeah, I was not, which was unfortunate because black jelly beans used to be my favorite when I was a kid, and that's black licorice well, this flavored. Is, this is high test black licorice. Yeah, but this was intense, yeah, and yeah. it was like chewing on a tire. I mean, no offense, right? It's 
I mean, they tasted like balls. No offense. I mean, they're probably great for you. They but. were the worst <laughs> piece of shit I've ever had, but it was seriously, <laughs> no. But I loved the Stroop waffles. Those were tasty, tasty treats. And you said I've heard of them before, but these were much better than the ones that I've ever had. And sent directly from the source. Yeah, they. this is what they were supposed to taste like, Awesome I think. Dutch snacks. So anyway... One of the issues with doing the show this morning, I mean, it's, we're in the nine o'clock hour right now, is we're going to taste test this whiskey, this medicinal shrubalabble, <laughs> whatever the hell it is, and uh, we have not drank it yet. We have not. This is the first time we'll be drinking it. I poured Brittany a half a shot. I don't do shots. Because I don't want her to be puking, and she's she's got to continue with the show. But I'm going to pull myself, I'm going to pour myself a man-sized... Here we go. Jesse D... Uh, portion of the shrabalaba or whatever it is <laughs> fucking terrible i barely speak english well yeah you're the worst uh and then in this language dutch is extra you got accent marks on letters and shit that's just that's dangerous territory for me <laughs> it's no good oh wow i i don't even get apostrophes right when you start putting accents on top of letters eee. so uh-huh. anyway this is, it's like a medicinal herbal kind of a, it's it's called whiskey. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Oh, really? Yeah. So. It smells like, what does it smell like? Licorice. A little licorice <laughs> It smells like black licorice. Fucking Dutch. They love that licorice. <laughs> Goddamn. All right. Well, he, to, to, here's to you, Nikki. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for the gift. And uh, here we go. You want to go first or are we doing no, it at the same time? It. Wow, that's uh, that's oh, not bad. That's a tasty treat, actually. That's yeah, really that's, good. That's really goddamn. That is awesome. So that's gonna get drank today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have a couple more of those during the show. Yeah, wow, that is really good. It's really good. It is. It does have kind of a. This is the worst program in the world. I know. By the way. Sorry, everybody. It's really good. Oh, it's really good. Oh yeah, you're right. That is good. Oh, it's good. Um, it does have a little, a very faint kind of a licorice kind of a thing going on. It's actually really smooth. It's not overwhelming with the alcohol, right. you know, like when it stings. Yeah. That's like, not happening. If you've ever had Jägermeister, it's kind of like a Jägermeister that tastes good. <laughs> like a like a whiskey flavored Jägermeister or a Jägermeister flavored whiskey is kind of what it is. I've never had Jägermeister, so I... It's shit. It's for college idiots. Mm. Like young, way to party, bleh, morons. Uh. <laughs> and if you love Jägermeister, sorry, but you know, facts are facts. You need to face them. <laughs> you need to face them. It's not good. Oh, wow. So anyway, thanks, Nikki. We Obviously, we, we love the shit out of you, and you are the best. I mean, look, anybody who's sending us gifts to the P.O. Box... They're going to get a little special treatment yeah. on the show, but we... It was seriously awesome. We, we love Nikki, gifts or not, so... Yeah, beautiful person, and we posted a photo of the snacks on the Facebook page and tagged Nikki's art page, because she's an artist, so if you could go like her page, find that post on our page, go like her page. We could always post it again, Brittany Page. Yes, but we want to give Nikki some promotion, because she's awesome, and... We will probably be drinking more of this on the Google Hangout call. So, Oh, yeah. Well, we'll save it. Yeah, see you guys this, on this Friday. Coming, this coming week? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, let's let's get to a couple of voicemails. We do have some emails we're going to get to. We've kind of skipped them the last last couple of episodes because there's been so much going on. And uh, today is no less a lot of shit going on. But we just need to address some of these. 
This first one, eh, it's a little self-aggrandizing because it's more just, hey, we love the show. But, yeah, you know, sometimes that needs to be said. Hey, y'all, this is Shelby from Texas. I guess I'd like to start with uh, thanking Tommy Lauren because if it wasn't for me searching YouTube to find her vile bullshit she was saying, I wouldn't have found the YouTube channel, which means I wouldn't have found the podcast, which I greatly enjoy. I've only been listening for about a week. I think I've listened to about 50 episodes in that time. Wow. I listen to them at work, which makes my work day go by very fast. And also has a benefit of making my mostly uber-conservative workmates also listen to it. So I'm spreading it around. Uh, just want to say thanks for a great podcast. I do enjoy it. Uh, I guess I'd have to say maybe I'm a little biased. Um, Jesse's the best part. But that's because he really reminds me of my husband and his mannerisms and the way he talks and all that stuff. But again, thank you all. Uh, Hope you all have a good night, day, whatever it is when you listen to this. Bye. Wait for it. Stop. Shit. <laughs> what a dick. You know, you're probably no longer uh, Shelby's favorite. No, I, listen, I love that kind of shit because it's, 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 it's that's real life, man. It's like you've, you're just going to go back. You think you have to just, but your screen's turned black. You got to get it back on. You're still recording. I get it. <laughs> Jeremy from Kansas has that shit happen all the time. Oh, Jeremy from Kansas. Goddamn Jeremy from Kansas. How dare you, sir? Banned from the show. <laughs> you figure out your technology before you call this show. <laughs> remember when I used to ban people from the show? I don't remember that. Yeah, it's, Is that it's something happened that... a couple times. Why? It doesn't work very well. Why? I don't know. Just being a funny guy, I guess. <laughs> it's so funny to block people from the show. <laughs> what a hilarious joke. <laughs> How dare you? This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> Speaking of bullshit. <laughs> what is with this? No, I got nothing. Yeah. I'm just this teasing. is just horrible. So this is a relatively informal show this morning. Yeah. I have an email I could read. You should do that. Okay. People I, are going to think we dusted the bottle right I now. Think are you're these struggling. fuckers drunk? What's happening? <laughs> Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I just wanted to let you know that I anxiously await the next episode as soon as I finish the last, but probably not this one. What is this? The SNRD uh, uh, communication hour? This episode might be the exception yeah, for right. Todd here. <laughs> Having finished the last, I wanted to chime in on the deletion of Facebook friends conversation. As best I can remember, I have only ever deleted one quote-unquote friend who consequently I didn't actually know. I didn't delete and block him because we differed politically. I live in Arkansas, so if I deleted my friends that I differed from, I would be pretty lonely. This guy was like a stalker, though, and when I blo blocked him, he gloated that this was in some way proved his moral and intellectual superiority. Oh, yeah. I engage in many conversations and try to remain respectful. And in this instance, I felt that I needed to throw out the trash. There are times when I feel that I am banging my head against a brick wall in my political Facebook conversations. And then someone will private message me with applause for fighting the good fight. Those kind of things and your show offer me encouragement in the people of our great country. I love the show and you are both equally great. Keep up the good work. Jay Todd. J Todd. <laughs> like J Tap, but J Todd. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Listen, I I'm. The other day I posted, uh, Dan Errol had posted some hate messages that he gets on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, that's a kind of a good idea. So I completely ripped him off. 
and I did the same thing. I, I just went through and, and found ones that weren't super long that could just be in one little screenshot. And uh, it's people are dicks, man. The Internet has created this weird sense of. Well, anonymity creates this like bubble of security for them. Like, they, you know, it's like, I don't know this guy. The other thing is doing this. A lot of people don't they don't look at us as as like humans who live a life and go about their day and think about what people say to them. They just think, oh, they're like public figures, I guess. I don't know. It's like when people shit on Kim Kardashian you know, a lot of that might be justified, but she's a fucking person. Right. You know what I mean? I just if you wouldn't say it to someone that you just met at the grocery store, shitty thanks to them why Why would you do it online it's just it's, it's incongruent to me it doesn't make sense yeah it's something that i would never feel comfortable doing so i try to understand how these people could feel comfortable doing that and i almost wonder if it's these people who have never been in like a real life confrontation face to face and so yeah. they don't understand it um you, you, I, can i translate what i how I, what i think you mean they've never been punched right in their fucking face is that what you mean uh kind of yeah like they've never or had the threat of being punched in the face yeah they've never received consequences <laughs> consequences we all know how what i love you? consequences you, max braverman from parenthood <laughs> everyone needs a consequence and <laughs> <laughs> i hope somebody gets that reference anyway no one will because that no um so what I'm saying is, I don't know what I'm saying. This drink is really good. Your tiny little half. Did you drink the whole thing? I did. Oh, you did. Good. Yeah. It was really tasty. Uh, what was I talking about? I don't know. About anonymity and the consequences and people have never been punched in their fucking grill. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> going to take it that far, but. Well, that's my job yeah, here on the it's, show. <laughs> it's kind of true, though, because if people haven't actually been in a real life confrontation, I don't think they know what it's like to actually say something like that to someone's face and risk being hurt it's easy to do over the internet and if you haven't been in that situation before where the threat is there it's easier for you to just send out hate mail listen there have been times and this is going to talk a little bit about a road rage incident but and i'm not talking about what exactly went down but there have been times where i've gotten out of the car and as soon as i stand up and start then i see in their face that oh shit this has never happened to me before I've never been called on my bullshit. And then there's this panic. Yeah. And it's never a good idea to get out of the car. I've grown up a lot since those moments. They still occasionally happen, but less, almost not existent now. Now I'm (laughs) fucking backtracking. All right. Goddamn schlubalaba. So so what I'm saying is I think that what you're saying is true. There are times where I've seen, I've witnessed the, oh, shit. Yeah. I thought I was just going to be able to be a fucking prick. And all of a sudden, there's a consequence that might happen here. Yeah. Eh, This went sideways. Right. Wait a minute. No one usually corrects me or says anything. This person is willing. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Hey, keep up the good fight, Todd. Uh, Jay Todd. We, uh, We hope that we can offer some kind of example and I think Brittany and I are probably two decent examples because I'm not very good at being level-headed. Uh-huh. I do get angry and kind of default to more incendiary language. Right. Invectives and, sh- and shit like that. Where you, you're like fucking like a monk. You well, just have the patience of a saint. No. 
no. I, I just... Uh, <laughs> or you fake it really, really well. I can well. fake it on Facebook. Right. Yeah, during a conversation. But while I'm typing, I'm like this. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. <laughs> Thanks for the email. Let's move on to another voicemail. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. It's Casey from Montgomery. Uh, I just got off work listening to the bonus episode. And uh, you guys are talking about um, people diagnosing Donald Trump. Well, here, here's uh, a thing. People are saying, like, narcissistic personality or, you know, he's just crazy. Why can't we just, I don't know, let's do what the Trump supporters say and call a spade a spade and say he's not crazy. He's just an asshole. Hey, it's it's an interesting thought, and I know it's shocking. Donald Trump's an asshole. Who'd have thought? But yeah, he could just be a big steaming pile of shit. I mean, it's it, we don't have to put a diagnosis on it. If we did, you know, he's a piece of shit. That's the diagnosis. Now, keep in mind, I'm not trained to, you know say who pieces of shit are but <laughs> let's just say he's a piece of shit uh, appreciate it love the show Brittany said not to say she's the best part and I didn't say she was the best part last time but you know what who cares y'all both great keep it, keep it going love the show Brittany's the best part bye Casey were you skateboarding during that call <laughs> <laughs> fucking Tony Hawk is that you <laughs> I think that was skateboarding going on. He he's saying he's tapping into something there that I kind of I felt was going on during the Alan Francis interview, mm-hmm. and it's when I said I just think he's a fucking dumb guy, and he corrected me and said I was psychoanalyzing or being an amateur psychoanalyst or whatever. That's calling somebody a fucking dumb guy. That's not a diagnosis. That's just a judgment call. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I, maybe he was just ribbing me and being playful. I think because that's what I was think happening. he was, yeah. That's the kind of guy he was, yeah. You know, contrary to every media appearance I've ever seen him in. <laughs> we brought out a whole new side, whole new side of him. Right, right. But I agree with Casey, and I don't think you need special. Listen, I always say we have the commonality of language. Well, we have the commonality of of interaction too. We know you know, when somebody's being an asshole. Donald Trump's clearly an asshole. It's just why is he being an asshole? Are there sinister motives or is it just his general mode of personality? Right. And I think that all of those things are fine. It's the diagnosis that is the issue. And I'm glad that Casey spoke to that because it takes a long time to be trained in how to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, you have to recognize several it's not just, oh, he loves himself. Oh, narcissistic personality disorder. Because that's not what that means. Right. I mean, in my program, we took a 16-week class on psychopathology. That's where we learned to use the DSM. And then we did an 18-month internship. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's a lot. And then you don't even get licensed after that. Well, you need 3,000 hours right, to be licensed. there's also your practicum classes where you... While you're in your internship, you have to go and report and talk about every single week. And show videos. Yeah. I mean, it's... So it's pretty... Trust me, it's very involved. Yeah. And so it's... it's, Don't don't trust Brittany on it. Trust me, the guy who didn't do any of it. Yeah. So (laughs) it's a little bit more involved than 
Googling DSM symptoms, right. whatever the disorder is. Right, right. It's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more complicated. A little, just a little just bit. Just a little bit. It doesn't cost <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars of university tuition and books and everything else that's involved. It's just, yeah, just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Google education. Fucking people. Goddamn. All right. Do we have any more emails? Yes, we have this email from Justin. Justin. Hey, guys. This is Justin from New York. Loyal but pretty new listener. I actually just have a suggestion. Is he saying he's pretty? Like a, he's, a, he's a... Or it's pre- yeah, pretty new. Um, Probably a pretty new listener. Probably that. <laughs> I actually just have a suggestion for a segment you guys could do for the show. I was hoping you guys could do a segment of both your personal history and credentials. I don't know if you have done that already, but I started listening to your show around episode 270. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to stop Justin right there. Yeah, we probably haven't talked about ourselves at all between <laughs> episode one and episode 270, Justin. That's unlikely that that happened. I think he's talking about a specific <laughs> segment or show oh, where we yeah, talk we, about ourselves. You're right. I'm being a dick. but We haven't done that, but we have peppered we've peppered episodes with you know deets about ourselves no yeah well he's gonna get to that so okay i'll shut the fuck up then please he started episode 270 and says but i know you have overpassing mentioned being on the hill and i am naturally nosy so i would love for you guys to go into more detail i also know you briefly talked about jesse being a marine Brittany going to school to be a psychologist, Brittany's unfortunate parents, but I am a nosy guy and would love to really know your education, credentials, prior jobs, and history of why your political views lean left and where both of you are coming from. Love the show. Proud Patreon supporter. Yes. Justin. Justin. Yes. So Justin basically wants to be have an interaction with us where it's like meeting someone in L.A., yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to think about what you were talking about. Brittany, we've gone to a few things. Like, uh, we have a friend who won an Emmy for being in a TV show. And we went to the after party at Chateau Marmont. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of who do you work for? What are you? Huh? There's nothing like, oh, yeah, you're an interesting. Let me just talk to you. Yeah. it's Everything has to be measured against who you know or and it's the same thing actually on capitol hill it's who do you work for when you work in dc well it's not even that that i'm talking about actually it's meeting someone and then them giving you their resume like telling you everyone that they've ever worked for like all the organizations all the locations that they like you're going to be able to do something for them right right (laughs) yeah it's it's a weird thing it's very common i think though yeah, it's very. It's something I'm still not used to when I meet one of those people. Yeah. I don't know how to handle it. Well, listen, uh, I think doing maybe an episode, I don't know what the fuck everybody would want to know. Maybe we should get to Justin to either submit questions or interview us. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, would wa- what people would want to know, but I think doing that as a bonus episode would be... Uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. a really good idea. Yeah, thanks for the the email, Justin. We appreciate it, and we appreciate the Patreon support. Yes, very much. Awesome. You're, you're awesome. All right. Well, let's let's move on. We got a lot to cover because a lot has been happening over the course of the last few days. It is amazing what a single weekend can do to the news cycle. 
Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore. Barbara. Barbara. Shelby. Shelby. And Dario. Dario. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for your loving, tender support Mm. on Patreon and PayPal. We love your loving, tender support. (laughs) You guys are gentle donators and we really, really like it. All right. This is is taking an interesting turn. You're the one who used that language, not me. Yeah, but you're the one who's using the voice, which has taken it to a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> it's real good. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, um, we have made a decision. It, it, no one was a dissenter on the idea of going to a monthly charge, a monthly donation right. on on Patreon. Yeah. Everyone was supportive. That's the way PayPal is, too. It's a monthly thing. So we're going to do that. We're just going to switch it over. But it's not going to happen until April first right the way patreon does it they you know they got to make it as difficult as fucking possible um we're gonna have to switch it on the first and then we will get to everybody individually on patreon to once we figure out because i don't know if you're giving per episode i don't know how it's going to switch over if it's just going to give your per episode thing you might have to get uh, notified by them and then say hey you got to figure out what you're going to give per month you know, and maybe do the math or whatever. I don't fucking know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But we are going to switch. And again, I can't express enough how much we appreciate all of your guys' support and the the outpouring of, of, of donations and support for the show over the course of the last two weeks has been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, since Carissa's little commercial she did for us, yeah. it has been a, a groundswell of love and support and helping us move the conversation forward and partnering with us to do so. So you guys are the best. We love you. And uh, let's keep on keeping on. Democracy Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So something I said on last episode that I didn't really have any corroboration for. I now have corroboration for, and that's the fact that uh, Kislyak, the, the ambassador to the United States from Russia, is a spy and a spy recruiter. Well, Evan McMullen was on CNN this weekend, and he corroborated what I had said, and he is a former CIA operative. Here he is. Believes that Russia's ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, is not just an ambassador, but he is a spy, and he's also a spy recruiter. Did you was that your understanding when you were at the agency? Uh, yes, that is, that is my understanding. But why it's significant is that you have somebody with enormous access here in Washington as an ambassador, engaging with some of our senior most officials in Congress and elsewhere, who also has the skills that a spy would have to extract important information and to help run covert operations. And so that's the kind of person we're dealing with here. It doesn't mean that all of Ambassador Kislyak's 
activities are related to espionage, but it means he is a skilled practitioner of of that uh, of of such operations. Of spycraft. That's right. Can you give me just a, a kind of understanding of what that means exactly? He's, I mean, he has skills in persuasion and extracting information when people don't want to give that information, what exactly do you mean? He would have skills in, in compromising people, first and foremost, so that... Potentially blackmailing them. B blackmailing, but it's not just blackmail. It's not as dramatic as that. It's about um, uh, slowly easing people into a situation in which they're revealing information that they shouldn't reveal that compromises them, which makes it easier to get additional information and additionally compromise them into the future until you have something that amounts to a, a covert operation in which they're working on behalf of you. That's what his job would be. But as you point out, he also is the ambassador and, yes. and assuredly does things along those lines as well. So clearly this is the case, and it's being reported widely now. I, apparently this used to be classified information. The deal is with a guy like this, this Kislyak character, is that it's not always him influencing and ingratiating himself to people like Jeff Sessions and other members of Congress and officials. It doesn't always have to be something nefarious that you would think, like turning them into a spy, a, a knowing agent of the Russian government. But sometimes you lay out the, the red carpet for somebody, you buy them a bunch of fancy dinners, and even that makes them feel obligated to treat you in a nice, kind way. And sometimes that means being a little loose. You know, you, you ply a guy with a bunch of wine or whiskey at dinner, and he gets a little talky because you're a friendly guy who's buying him dinner. Those kinds of methods are age-old and very effective. And this guy, this Kislyak character, is known for being very hospitable, really spreading the cash around relative to dinners and parties, and that's all part and parcel with what he does. A little too smooth. Yeah, well, I, what, the, what the hell does Jeff Sessions need to be meeting with this guy multiple times? Why is Mike Flynn tripping over himself to get on the phone with him mm -hmm. and talk about stuff? Right. It's No one else was he bumbling to try to get in touch with why russia right well and evan mcmullen is he's a conservative yes he ran right. as the independent for president got like less than one percent of the national vote he did very well in utah but he's you know he's a mormon from utah so that you know kind of it lines up Right, but he, he's very critical of Trump, and he actually tweeted the other day, Trump likely feels the mounting pressure from further revelations of Russia ties and is preparing his core base to dismiss evidence as fake. That's kind of his commentary sure. on Donald Trump's behavior as of late, where he's just recklessly spreading these conspiracy theories. Trying to distract from the real story. Exactly. Sure, yeah. Well, listen, because of the trickle the drip drop of information coming down about the Russia stories, calls are growing from Congress and other officials to look into in an investigative way these Russia-Trump ties officially. The ruse. Different players, but the same playbook? This all looks like a witch hunt. The Russian government is sounding a lot like the White House in denying any improper ties between the two. We are fighting the fake news. Stop spreading lie and false um, news. 
Yet skepticism, especially among the president's foes, persists. Why? I would get along with Putin. I've dealt with Russia. You think you'd get along with Putin? I think I'd get along with him fine. I think he'd be absolutely fine. Ever since candidate Trump excited interest by speaking favorably of Russian President Vladimir Putin, the web of suspicion has widened. Paul Manafort, Trump's one-time campaign chairman, worked for years with the pro-Russian president of Ukraine. Manafort is being scrutinized by investigators for his contact with Russians known to U.S. intelligence during the campaign. But President Trump's assessment just weeks ago... And he said that he has absolutely nothing to do and never has with Russia. Carter Page lived in Moscow, did business with Russian energy firms, and Trump said Page was on his foreign policy team, although not anymore. Carter Page is an individual who the president-elect does not know and was put on notice months ago by the campaign. National Security Advisor Michael Flynn resigned after less than a month when it was found he misled the administration about his talks with the Russians. We now know the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, also attended a meeting with Flynn and the Russians just before the new year. And now it's been revealed that Jeff Sessions, the nation's top cop, also had contacts with the Russians. He could have been the one to decide whether to charge anyone in connection with Russian hacking of the presidential election. Therefore, I have recused myself uh, in the matters uh, that deal with the Trump campaign. And there is this. Assertions by U.S. intelligence that Russian cyber attacks on Democratic Party computers were aimed at influencing the outcome of the November vote. Put it all together And that's why suspicions keep growing no matter how the White House dismisses them. This is a big, big deal. It's no surprise to anybody who listens to our show that that's the way we feel about this. And this will, I believe, ultimately be the downfall of the Donald Trump presidency. I think we're looking at a Mike Pence. I welcome a Mike Pence presidency after the shit show that has gone on. At least he'll be more conventional predictable. And I don't believe he's a treasonous man. He's just caught up in a bunch of bullshit. I think he's a piece of shit. I think he's terrible, but he's manageable. (laughs) But what I don't want to happen here is for this thing to continue to grow and swell into this super complex network of, of overlapping issues where it's complex for the American people to really get their heads around. Because if it's not a a three-act story, something real easy and quick and down and dirty that's easy for people to understand, they lose interest because it's too complex. So they need to get these facts out quick. They need to get to the bottom of this as quickly as they can before the American people, it becomes too convoluted. Right. And I think that people have been speaking to that a little more, talking about, well, don't talk about his tweets. Don't talk about what he's trying to put out there as a distraction. Talk about the story. Keep talking about the story. For sure. Well, it makes you wonder, like with this new, we're going to get to it, but all this new Obama wiretapped Donald Trump stuff. (laughs) Why did he bring, what was he trying to take away from getting people to to not pay attention to Mm -hmm. in bringing that up? Some people are saying it's the Sessions thing. I don't necessarily think that. Mm -hmm. I think it very well may be this Carter Page interview. Carter Page did an interview. We're not going to play it because it's like 25 fucking minutes with Anderson Cooper. It was unbelievable. But he was also on with George Stepanopoulos. Who was he on? He was on with somebody else. 
and it went equally as is terrible. Yeah. Un, we'll, we'll put it on the Facebook page. It's like 25 minutes with Anderson, and it is un. There's not a minute of it that's not worth watching because it is awkward and uncomfortable. He's a terrible fucking liar. It is bizarre. It's so strange to me that he's making these appearances. <laughs> yeah, and I think for me, if you're asking Jesse D, I think that's why Donald Trump did the tweet to get people not to talk about that. Yeah. Because it was damaging. Damaging. Because his links to the Trump campaign are widely known, were widely publicized by Trump himself. And then when Sean Spicer comes out and says, oh, no, we don't know that guy. He's, he was long ago. All this bullshit. It's obfuscation. That's not true. Carter Page. Unbelievable. Doing a lot to discredit the page name. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So here, here's a little clip that kind of get, runs, gives you a timeline running you through the Trump team and the Russia meetings. As a candidate, as president-elect, and as president, the answer from Team Trump has been consistent. How many times do I have to answer this question? Can you just say Russia no is a it? ruse. I have nothing to do with Russia. To the best of my t- knowledge, no person that I deal with does. Was there any contact in any way between Trump or his associates and the Kremlin or cutouts they had? I, there, of course not. Why would there be any context between the campaign? Trying to ascertain is at what point, how many people have to say that there's nothing there before you realize there's nothing there? But we now know on this question, no, at least sometimes, means yes. Let's look at some key dates in the spy novel that just simply won't get away. Back in April 2016, as a candidate, then-candidate Donald Trump delivered a major foreign policy address as a VIP guest in the front row, the Russian ambassador. Let's slide forward to July. By this time, Donald Trump is about to be officially the Republican nominee. He's at the Republican convention. We know Senator Sessions met with the Russian ambassador at the convention. It should be noted for the record that event that he met him at was organized by the Obama State Department. Yes, it was. Also in this time frame, several other foreign policy advisors to the Trump campaign out at the convention meet with the Russian ambassador. On the surface, nothing wrong with that, but for months they said no context. What Democrats get curious about is this. July 19th and 20th here, Democrats say, aha, it was July 22nd when the first WikiLeaks release of the DNC emails happened. That's what Democrats say. Now we move forward to September, a little bit later in the campaign, and we know Senator Sessions has now disclosed he had a meeting with the Russian ambassador, a second meeting. One was at the convention. This one was at his Senate office. He says it was just about Senate business, his job on the Armed Services Committee. Now we move forward to October. The first WikiLeaks release of the John Podesta emails. Again, Democrats say this is what, why they are suspicious of all of this. They want to ask some questions. And now we know the election happened. It's President-elect Trump. And in December, during the transition, his first national security advisor, General Michael Flynn, who had to resign, had several contacts with the Russian ambassador, one of them a Trump Tower meeting that involved the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. That was just disclosed last week after months and months of reporters asking, did you have any contacts with the Russians? The Trump campaign, the Trump presidency now says these were courtesy calls. These were simple meetings. Nothing bad happened. Democrats like Nancy Pelosi don't buy it. But remember, Trump saying this. How many times do I have to answer this question? Can you just say Russia yes no is on a it? ruse. I have nothing to do with Russia. To the best of my t- knowledge, no person that I deal with does. Except for the fact that lots of people had contact with the Russians. Lots of people have relationships with the Russians. From Jared Kushner to yourself to 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 Jeff Sessions to Paul Manafort to Mike Flynn, this Carter Page, this network of individuals 
and the and the relationship isn't explained. There's no no they deny it outright until the until there's no way to deny it anymore. Right. So how are we to assume that there is nothing going on when there's attempts at cover up and there's right. no explanation? That's right. And you go back and forth on what you're saying. Why the secrecy if there's nothing to hide? Exactly. Why hide something if there's nothing to hide? If, if, if it's not a big deal that I go to the grocery store, I don't need to deny having gone to the grocery store. If there's nothing to hide here, yeah, of course we're going to meet with foreign leaders and foreign dignitaries. We're going to be the president. Absolutely. We, we want to meet with Russians to figure out what kind of a relationship we're going to have going forward relative to diplomacy, military um, you know, partnership, whatever. All kinds of claims he made on the campaign trail about working with Russia to defeat ISIS, which was bullshit. But it's an easy thing to say. Yeah, of course, we can explain that away. But instead, they try to hide it. Right. That's a problem. All right. So anyway, we're going to obviously we're going to stay with this because this is going to be the, the, the demise of the Donald Trump campaign or the Donald Trump administration, the presidency of this clown. But next, we're going to talk about what happened this weekend. With this diversionary tactic on Twitter about him accusing President Obama of wiretapping him during the campaign in Trump Tower. But before we go there, I want to remind everybody what we talked about last time with Van Jones and Anna Navarro and every idiot on cable news gushing about how wonderfully presidential Donald Trump was. Even Van Jones, who was almost emotional, talking about this is the moment that Donald Trump became president of the United States. He became president of the United States in that moment, period. There are a lot of people who have a lot of reason to be frustrated with him, to be fearful of him, to be mad at him. But that was one of the most extraordinary moments you have ever seen in American politics, period. And he did something extraordinary. And for people who have been hoping that he would become unifying, hoping that he might find some way to become presidential, they should be happy with that moment. Uh, come on, Van Jones. It's like I said last time before any of this shit happened. Where's my horn music? I'm tooting my horn here. All you have to do is wait 48 hours for him to do something insane. For him to do something unprecedented. Right. Well, he's also bragged about how easy it is to act presidential. So really the joke's on everybody who took the bait. Right. He has said, yeah, it's easy to come out here and read a teleprompter and talk slow. And uh. right. he's mocked it. He, he has mocked it. We'll get the clips. We should talk about that next episode. So Van Jones, Anna Navarro, which is really unfortunate because I love Anna Navarro and I love Van Jones, but they really. Well, let's, let's listen to Anna Navarro. She's less lovey-dovey than Van Jones, less stoic and emotional, but she's sure gushing on the praise for Donald Trump. Who knew he was capable of sounding sane for a prolonged period of time. Who knew he had the attention span to actually stick to the teleprompter and be coherent? 
who knew that he could be unifying. He finally came out and vociferously, full-throatedly condemned anti-Semitic acts. That was a great way to start, a great unifying and so needed way to start. Yeah, so I guess she's less emotional about it, but yeah. she still is what saying a, who knew that he yeah. was capable. We all know that he's capable. He's an entertainer. Right. That's what he does. And all he's doing is reading words off a teleprompter. And not even well. He's not delivering some masterful speech. He's not a great communicator like Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. Right. I don't want to call him an actor because that's insulting to actors. But right. he he does do acting. Right. He's an entertainer. He knows how to play things up or appeal to an audience. Yes. That's what he does. Well, he's a promoter. Yes. He's he's a master promoter. A master sure. promoter of himself yes, as well. For sure. So this is what happened. I just want to remind everybody about how presidential he was at, when he gave his State of the Union or his joint address. And then on Sunday, he woke up in some kind of a freaked out mood trying to distract from whatever he was trying to distract from and did the wiretap accusations. The president has been busy on Twitter this morning. He defended his attorney general, Jeff Sessions. But it is a series of tweets where he accuses President Obama of wiretapping Trump Tower that is getting all the attention. Let's show them to you. First, uh, Trump tweeting terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. He followed up with this. It is it legal for a sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election turned down by court earlier? A new low. Then he tweeted, I'd bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October just prior to the, the election. He wasn't done. One more. Finally tweeting, how low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon slash Watergate, bad or sick guy. Four tweets in total accusing the Obama administration of tapping Donald Trump and Trump Tower during the campaign. At this point, the White House has not provided any context or proof to back up the president's claims. We've reached out to both the Trump and Obama administrations for their responses to these tweets. Martin, we haven't gotten anything back yet, but we will update as soon as we get those responses. So is he still presidential Van Jones? Are you still amazed by his ability to, to read words off the teleprompter, Anna Navarro? Let's cool it with the adulation after he read some words and, and, and talked about a woman who, whose, whose husband sacrificed his life for the country. It doesn't take some kind of a, a wonderful person, you know, a statesman of the highest order to gin up a bunch of, of, of patriotism. That's what he does. Faux patriotism or not, that is what he does. Well, and I know it's difficult to track <laughs> what he says because he's always so over the place, but always so over the place. Is that all, what I said? All over the place. All over the place. You just combined all and yeah, over. Yeah, talking really fast. All over. So <laughs> he, he says a lot of... Great things, He's great and wonderful words. things, has all the best words. And so it's difficult to track him. Yes. For some people. 
For me, I don't think so. Because he gives you all the information that you need in order to assess generally who he is as a person. And who he is as a person is whoever he needs to be to win some win somebody over. That is exactly right. And, I mean, he doesn't care about winning some people over, obviously. Continues to tweet when he goes on those reckless tweeting sprees. Right. But in the situation where he knew that he was giving this address, he had to behave a certain way. You saw him in the car rehearsing his speech. Yeah. This is, this is what a professional does. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's presidential. It means that he's good at faking it when he needs to. Well, who, who are, listen, when he goes on this Twitter tirade on Sunday morning, talking about all these completely unsubstantiated rumors, and we'll talk about how they got started, but when he does this, what are Trump supporters in their heads thinking? Because not all of them are morons. Not all of them are just complete sycophants who just anything he does, they're going to defend. Not everybody does that. I think there's got to be a lot of people out there who are like, God damn, I just made a terrible mistake by voting for this clown. There, uh, has, there has to be a, a pretty large swath of people who are doing that right now. I am so hopeful that that is the case, but yeah. I haven't seen anyone publicly come out and say that, so yeah. it's concerning me. Yeah, I hope that they're just privately thinking that to themselves. And eventually we'll come out and say it yeah. because other people need to hear it and they need to hear it from their own people. Yes. From that side. So, so they know it's safe. Yes. That they're not the, they're not the first to do it. Yes. Like where's Paul Ryan? Fucking coward. Well, listen, Josh Ernest, we're going to get into the allegations here, but Josh Ernest, first let's talk about how it came to be. There was a story that was talked about by Mark Levin, who is a right wing nutter butter Radio guy. Good buddies with Sean Hannity. And his rant on his radio show got picked up by Breitbart and also reported as unsubstantiated and zero evidence by the New York Times and a couple other outlets. But they weren't corroborating, saying, yeah, this is the way it is. They were talking about kind of the ridiculousness of the story in talking about it. So that's kind of how it started. And then Donald Trump, of course, saw it on Breitbart and then tweets it like it's fact. Here's Josh Ernest, the former press secretary for President Obama, talking about the president and his ability to wiretap indiscriminately. Let me just remove the mystery here and explain to you and your viewers why it is false to say that President Obama ordered a wiretap of Trump Tower. This may come as some surprise to the current occupant of the Oval Office, but the President of the United States does not have the authority to unilaterally order the wiretapping of an American citizen. If the FBI decided to use their wiretapping authority in the context of a counterintelligence or criminal investigation, it would require FBI investigators, officials of the Department of Justice, going to a federal judge and making a case and demonstrating probable cause to use that authority to conduct the investigation. That is a fact. That is a fact, Brittany Page. That is a fact. I love facts. Donald Trump, because he believes the presidency is this ultimate position of power that he just lords over the rest of the government, including Congress and the judiciary, he, he thinks that President Obama can just order, oh yeah, hey, go wiretap that guy. <laughs> That's not how it works, you fucking mook. <laughs> that is not how it works. Oh, it's funny that he's in the job and he thinks that that's how it works. Yes. What does that tell us? But this might be 
And I realize we're talking about his tweets now, and you know that's we're going to be doing that because it points to what an unhinged fuck he is. But even members of his own party now are starting to be like, Ugh, I don't know, man. I mean, they're not coming. Right. I mean, Lindsey Graham. That's the next clip here. It's no surprise that Lindsey Graham is going to be a, a an opponent. Is going to be critical of Donald Trump, but uh, there are others who have come out. First, let's get to Lindsey Graham. And I also want to talk about this clip because it is, listen, there's a lot not to like about Lindsey Graham, but I think Lindsey Graham's a good guy in his heart. I think Lindsey Graham is is an honest man. You might not agree with what he believes. I think he's a little too hawk. Well, he's a lot too hawkish. He's too pro-military. He's too interventionist. You know, those kind of things that, that bum me out about him. But I think he's a decent guy. And Lindsey Graham, in the, this is a town hall you're going to hear, and it's unlike some of the town halls you've been seeing and w- that we've been talking about where there's just chaos and yelling and screaming. He actually tells him to shut up for a second, and boop, everybody gets quiet. It's just, he, he controls this room, and it's just, it's fantastic. So apparently this morning, President uh, Trump tweeted out that he believes that President Obama ordered wiretapping of his campaign. Trump Tower, uh, and that would be, yes. So I don't know what happened, but I can only tell you the summary of the tweet. The President of the United States is claiming that the former President of the United States ordered wiretapping of his campaign last year. I don't know if it's true or not, but if it is true, illegally, (laughs) it would be the biggest political scandal since Watergate. Now, the other side, the other side of the story, just, just be quiet, be quiet for a second. If the former president of the United States was able to obtain a warrant lawfully to monitor Trump's campaign for a violating law, that would be the biggest scandal since Watergate. So here's the deal. As we get ready to talk to each other, I'm very worried. I'm very worried that our president is suggesting that the former president has done something illegally. I would be very worried if, in fact, the Obama administration was able to obtain a warrant lawfully about Trump campaign activity with foreign governments. So it's my job as a United States Senator to get to the bottom of this. I promise you I will. And I promise you I will. Well, I hope Lindsey Graham sticks to that promise. And what he said is remarkably poignant. That if Obama somehow had Donald Trump illegally wiretapped, that is a monumentally large scandal and it should be Obama should be taken to task for that that's not what happened though if Donald Trump was actually wiretapped it meant they went to a FISA court they got a warrant which means they were legal justifications there was probable cause of criminal activity or monitoring of a foreign agent So either way, this is huge, or Donald Trump 
is being a provocateur, not acting presidential, and needs to be abandoned by the leaders of his party as well as the American people. Well, and it's concerning because if you go look at these tweets, they have, again, thousands of retweets, thousands of favorites, and (laughs) there's no evidence for this. Zero. So these people are spreading his falsehoods without any evidence because they hate Barack Obama. Right. And Donald Trump knows that this is the best place to go, right? Talk about something wrong with Obama. Well, it even sets up... And everyone is going to be very excited. It sets up his base to push back against this in the future. Right. He's giving them their talking points. Yes. Here's the talking point you need for... When shit hits the fan, and I'm going to need you to be giving these talking points to all of your Facebook friends. Yes. It's like fake news wasn't a fucking thing that was talked about until Donald Trump started talking about fake news. Yeah. And now all those idiots, like these morons on YouTube who are constantly coming at me, it's always after Donald Trump gives them their marching orders, then all of a sudden I start seeing these buzzwords and these keywords being used. Right. So here's another member of the party, Jason Chaffetz. Now, he's not quite as, as bold. Or filled with integrity, as Lindsey Graham is in that last clip. But here he is talking about these wire-tapping claims. I have not yet heard that from Director Comey. I did try to contact him over the weekend so I could hear precisely what he has to say or not say uh, about this. I think it is interesting the Department of Justice has not yet weighed in on this. Um, I look forward to hear what they're, what they're going to say. Your colleague Marco Rubio said he had not heard of any evidence of this. Have you heard of any evidence of this? Well, I learned a long time ago. I'm going to keep my eyes wide open. You never know when you turn a corner what you may or may not see. But uh, thus far, I have not seen anything directly that would... Uh, uh, support what the what the president has said. But as you know, a president of the United States cannot unilaterally order wiretapping. Well, there is a process, and you do have to go to a court, and you do go to the, the FISA court. Uh, there are other ways to get that, but you essentially need to go to a court in order to get that. So the paper trail should be there. It's going to take a while for uh, the House Intel Committee, Devin Nunes. They will lead out on that. We will play a supporting role as the Oversight Committee, and and uh, we can weigh in at any time. We can do some things in our committee that the House Intel cannot do and vice versa. Uh, but we'll, we'll play a supporting role to House Intel. Just for your information, a reminder of who Jason Chaffetz is. He is a coward who's going to back the winning horse. He's going to wait until he sees how this thing is going. Put his finger in the air, see which way the wind's blowing. Then he's going to make his decision. Just like when Donald Trump, when the the whole pussy grabbing thing came out, this is the guy who said, I am no longer supporting Donald Trump. How can I look my 15-year-old girl in the face if I vote for this man? Right. Two days later, he announced he's still supporting Donald Trump. Apparently, he could look her in the face. Yeah, apparently, I'll fuck her. (laughs) What does she matter? She's just my daughter and, you know, looks up to me. He's a piece of shit. Jason Javis is a liar and a coward. So... I just want to point out that he's uh, starting to vacillate a little bit, although that's kind of par for the course for Jason Chaffetz of Utah. So next up, I got two clips. One, I'm going to cut short because we're running out of time here. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders, apparently another family of cowards, people who are disloyal to their country. Kellyanne Conway, part two. That's right. She's the new Kellyanne Conway, but she's the the assistant or deputy press secretary for this administration. She's also the daughter of Mike Huckabee. 
from Washington or from uh, Arkansas, from Washington. Sorry, Washington. So- <laughs> sorry about that. Uh oh. So here she is, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, with Martha Raddatz getting called to the goddamn carpet. Martha Raddatz is a boss. Look, I think there have been quite a few reports. I know that uh, Jonathan and others earlier in the program mentioned that it was all conservative media, but that's frankly not true. The New York Times, BBC uh, have also talked about and reported on the potential of this having had happened. I think the bigger thing is let's find out. Let's have an investigation. If they're going to investigate Russia ties, let's include this as part of it. And so that's what we're asking. Was the principal source the Breitbart story, which links to the New York Times, but the New York Times doesn't say anything definitive. Donald Trump does. There is nothing equivocating about what he says. I just found out that Obama had my wires tapped. That's not looking into something. He says it happened. Look, I think the bigger thing is uh, you guys are always telling us to take the media seriously. Well, we are today. We're taking the reports that Places like the New York Times, Fox News, BBC, multiple outlets have reported this. All we're saying is let's take a closer look. Let's look into this. If this happened, if this is accurate, this is the biggest but, but overreach and the biggest let's scandal. Look into this. The president of the United States is accusing the former president of wiretapping him. I think that this is, again, something that if this happened, Martha, if, this if, would if, if. <laughs> I, I agree. Why is the president saying it did happen? Look, I think he is going off of information that he's seen that has led him to believe uh, that this is a very real potential. And if it is, this is the greatest overreach and the greatest abuse of power that I think we've ever seen in a huge attack on democracy itself. And the American people have a right to know if this took place. Oh, oh, OK, the president. L- let me say again. The president said it did take place. Why does he believe these articles that, that you say you cite, and, the, and I'm saying they are not definitive, the Breitbart brings them all together, and uh, Heat Street, they have two sources with links to the counterintelligence community. That's it. Anonymous sources. The president constantly says he doesn't like anonymous sources and he doesn't like leakers. I love how anonymous sources don't count when it's something that's positive in this administration it's, and against the former one. You so guys use anonymous bar, sources every single day. But it is the president. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. But, but now the that there are new anonymous this. sources, so, it but, doesn't but matter. But what's the bar there? What, what does the president believe? Look, I, I think he's made very clear what he believes and he's asking. Uh, that we get down to the bottom of this. Let's get the truth here. Let's find out. I think the bigger story uh, isn't who reported it, but is it true? And I- Listen, I think the bigger story is blah, blah, blah. No, the story is what the president tweeted, <laughs> that he knows this took place. That's the fucking bigger story, not whatever little diversionary tactic you want to lay down. Martha Raddatz was fantastic here when she said, if, if, if. Right, right, right. We don't care about the if. Donald Trump isn't saying if. Donald Trump is saying it happens. You're here to represent him. So I want to know, why is he saying that? Tell me why. And you quit saying if. He's not speaking in equivocations. He's saying this happened. This took place. And then they try to walk it back. Well, you can't walk it back. We've got documentation. Over the course of the three tweets or whatever it is. 
Well, here she is again with George Stephanopoulos. This one's a little longer. I let that one play almost all the way through because it was so good. This one is even better because he pins her down. And what's great about it is it starts off with George Stephanopoulos asking if President Trump accepts James Comey's because James Comey's come out and said this didn't happen, and he's trying to coerce the, the Department of Justice in general to come out and say this didn't happen. They haven't yet done that. But in the beginning, she says, no, she doesn't think that Donald Trump accepts James Comey's uh, account of things. And at the end of the interview, she won't say that, even though at the beginning she does say it. So she's all over the board because it's, again, diversion, diversion. Create as much confusion around the issue as we can to give the president cover. Does President Trump accept the FBI director's denial? You know, I don't think he does, George. I think he firmly believes that this is a storyline that has been reported uh, pretty widely by quite a few outlets. The wiretapping <laughs> has been discussed in the New York Times, BBC, Fox News, and we believe that Sarah, it should be I have to, I looked have to at stop by the you. House Sarah, Intelligence Committee. I have Committee. got to stop you right there. Every single article you just mentioned does not back up the president's claim that President Obama had him wiretapped. Not a single one of those articles backs that up. So what is the president's evidence? It does back up the fact that the administration was wiretapping American citizens. There was a wide reporting suggesting that his administration, whether it was directly ordered by this president specifically, his administration could have done Sarah, this. Sarah, I have got and to look, stop you George, again. No, Sarah, I've got to stop you again because that is simply not true. All the articles you just mentioned, not one of them says that President Trump ordered a wiretap. One of them based on unverified... No, President, un President uh, Obama, of, President, actually. President Obama. One of them based on anonymous sources says there might have been a court-ordered FISA wiretap. That has been denied by the former director of national intelligence, James Clapper. Look, I love how now anonymous sources don't matter anymore. We've been dealing with anonymous sources and having to fight back against that for the last six months. Uh, it's funny how the media but Sarah, now hold starts on a to, second. Sarah, even to, if that one is true, even if that one is true, that is saying it was a court-ordered wiretap, not an illegal wiretap ordered by President Obama. Look, it would have been under this administration, George. You don't get to just wash your hands of something, whether it's the Justice Department under which you control, which would have fallen under this administration and under this past president. I think the bigger question here is, let's let the House Intelligence Sarah, Committee do that its is, job, that is George. Simply, that they is committed not true. over the weekend. Sarah, they hold committed. on a second. Hold on a second. That is not true. There is a world of difference between an illegal wiretap ordered by a president and a court-ordered wiretap approved by a federal judge. That, there is a world of difference between those two things. The fact that it was being done is a story that we should be talking about, George. And all we're asking is that we let Congress do its job. Let's let the House Intelligence Committee review this, investigate it, as they committed to do over the weekend. Look, there have been a constant allegations. The hypocrisy on this story is absolutely outrageous. We have dealt with this for the last six months, where the New York Times calls this uh, story false. The FBI comes out and says it's BS. The House Intelligence Committee says there's no evidence. Yet you, the people in the media continue to report a false narrative that there are connections between the Trump campaign and the Russians when there simply aren't. All we're asking is the same fair deal here that the House Intelligence Committee is given the opportunity to investigate, review this, and see if there's anything there, Sarah, which we believe there is. It is not a fact that this has been done. You do not know that it is a fact that this has been done, and that has been denied by President Obama, 
by the former director of national intelligence, and now we know it as well by the FBI director. They are all saying it did not happen. So is the president calling all three of those individuals liars? Not at all. He's asking that we allow the House Intelligence Committee to do its job the same way we have done uh, on, on our situation. It's very interesting, George, how when uh, this past president says it's false, everybody's like, oh, well, obviously it is. But when we've been saying it for the last six months, nobody believes it. I, frankly, George, I think if the president walked across the Potomac, the media would report that he can't swim. This is a constant battle that we're having to fight. All we're asking is that this double standard be washed Sarah. away and that we allow the congressional committee to do their job. I'm going to end the clip there, but listen, if Donald Trump, why do you think Sarah Huckabee Sanders that there's this tendency not to believe Donald Trump when he says things? I wonder what the reason could be. It's because he's a liar. The administration has denied contact with Russia. His nominee for attorney general denied having met with any Russian officials during the campaign. And then it's revealed he lied. Mike Flynn denied. And then it's revealed he lied. Carter Page, liar. Paul Manafort, liar. Jared Kushner, now we're finding out. Meetings, liar. That is why people are slow to believe Donald Trump when he says, opens his mouth and says anything. She is the perfect Kellyanne Conway replacement. Is she not? Yeah. I wonder who is going to play her on Saturday Night Live. She kind of <laughs> resembles uh, the Bryant girl. Yeah. Eighty Bryant, is that her name? I don't know. They're dark haired. Yeah. She would be perfect. Yes. Somebody needs to do that because mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, it's... <laughs> we have a new Kellyanne Conway. Listen, Kellyanne Conway was gone for a couple weeks. Now she's back. There's spin, and then there's what in the fuck is happening, and that's what's happening now. Yeah. This uh, isn't just normal political spin. This is bizarre political theater. Yeah, and I think George Stephanopoulos did a great job of, okay, all right, I have to stop you. Okay, this is enough. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, look, we're not going to let you lie on our air. Yeah. This is not what it's going to be. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Drink some more of this shabalaba. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. It's the asshole of today. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi is the asshole of today because she was given... She was giving an interview about a fellow Democrat who made an inappropriate joke about Kellyanne Conway being on her knees in the Oval Office. That's right. And she was asked by Jake Tapper. That's right. Jake Tapp doing his job. If this was inappropriate and if he needed to apologize. And Nancy Pelosi did not give the right answer. I need to ask you about this crude joke that was told this week by a member of your caucus, a Democratic Congressman Cedric Richmond, at the Washington Press Club Foundation annual dinner at the expense of White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway. Take a listen. And you can just explain to me that that circumstance, because she really looked kind of familiar uh, in that position there. 
So, Leader Pelosi, the joke was sexist. It was disgusting. Um, Shouldn't the congressman apologize to Kellyanne Conway? And honestly, where is the Democratic Party in expressing outrage about this? I wasn't at the dinner. I'm just finding out about this. But the fact is, I'm still in a sort of a state of what is going on here, that the person who occupies the White House is the person who was on that uh, Hollywood video that said the crude things he said about women. You all are criticizing uh, Cedric for a, 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 a something he said in the course of the evening, and he maybe should be criticized for that. I just don't know the particulars. But I do every day marvel at the fact that somebody who said the gross and crude things that President Trump said, he wouldn't even be allowed in a frat house, and he's in the White House. Well, I think we've covered the, the Access Hollywood tape quite a bit, but I guess I, the question is, if one criticizes only Republicans when they make crude comments, does that not undermine the moral authority if, if um, they don't criticize when Democrats make crude comments? Well, I think everybody was making crude comments. And I, I, just, I, I just don't know. I wasn't at that dinner. But I was at the dinner last night at the Gridiron Club, and we were all, I think, quite, uh, shall we say, respectable. I'll look at what uh, my colleague said there. But uh, I, I do think that in the Oval Office, we were always, always with perfect, with decorum appropriate for the White House. This is a 76-year-old woman. She's going to be 77 this month. Right. And she's using the argument, well, everyone was doing it. What Jake Tapper said was perfect. That if you're only going to criticize Republicans and not Democrats when Republicans say things that are sexist and terrible then you don't have the moral authority to stand there and continue to criticize those Republicans if you're going to let your Democratic colleagues off the hook. Well, it's also the the political climate is not going to improve because in doing this, the people who dislike Democrats, dislike Nancy Pelosi, are further encouraged to maintain that position. Right. I'm one of them, by the way. I don't like Nancy Pelosi. Because this is indefensible. She should have immediately said, of course. Why is this douche saying this? Yes. He shouldn't be speaking this way. He has since apologized, by the way. That did happen. Right. But not at her behest, apparently. No, she's on a a national show. Oh, well, no. Hey, you know, everybody was saying some lame stuff. She did the exact same thing that Kellyanne Conway or Huckabee Sanders would do when asked. She randomly starts talking about the pussy grabbing tape. That's not relevant to the conversation whatsoever. Why is that even coming up? And then she says it wouldn't be allowed in a frat house. Nancy Pelosi, what? Well, listen, Do you know what happens in frat houses? Right. <laughs> well, she would say she's the same person who would be making this rape epidemic across college campuses across the nation. But apparently they're gentlemen who don't talk. Yes. Terse. Excuse me, sir. You be respectful of that laid. <laughs> so Nancy Pelosi, clearly the asshole today. This is unacceptable behavior because here's the deal. She would have a lot more leverage to talk criticizingly about Donald Trump and his his sexist behavior if she also held Cedric Richmond's feet to the fire. She would have the moral authority to do so, but instead, she does not. She's acting politically. She's not acting ideologically. And it's a bummer. Asshole of today. We'd love to hear what you guys think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone 
I doubt it, at dollamore.com. We love you guys. If you would like to support the show other than listening twice a week, you can always go to iTunes and rate and review the show. That helps us out quite a bit. And if you would also like to partner with us in moving the conversation forward, there's always PayPal and Patreon. You can find links to that in the show notes or at dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. Support the show. We love you guys. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Shobelabber. <laughs> Sh- Shrobeller. This is just not how it is said.